It's time to place your bets. Let's talk to the pros. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Coming down in three, two, one. Welcome in, everybody, to Betting Pros. It is me, Joey P, Joe Pizzapia. And if you can believe it already, it's week 12 in the college football season. So Scott Bogman is here to break it all down. Of course, you can check out all of Scott's work over at bettingpros.com. And, of course, that's where we have all of our consensus lines where you can go and make your wagers to win money on college football. And, Scott Bogman, I know you got to see your Longhorns play yeah, last I week. Yeah, I sure did. Or should I say lose last week? So, I mean, it's fun to go out again. Can we just focus on that before yeah. we get into the games? Let's just focus on that. Well, look, I, in Texas, it felt like it was normal. You know, <laughs> uh, there was no precautions, no anything. I remember uh, the beginning of the year, my buddy sent me uh, a text and said, hey, uh, you have your, your card? Uh, because I think you need your card to get in to Texas. And I'm like, yeah, I got it if, if they need it or whatever. And he goes, okay. And then I text him when I was about to leave for Austin. And I said, do I still need this? He goes, no, he's like, don't <laughs> even, you don't need to bother bringing a mask. Either. You're going to be fine. So I was like, well, okay. you did send me the picture of the barbecue, which was very exciting. Whoa. Cause you know me, I'm about the barbecue. Terry blacks in Austin is Oof. amazing. It is okay. The barbecue is amazing. Great. Uh, of course, but the macaroni and cheese, Mm. macaroni and cheese i've ever had in my life and look take fat guy recommendations right (laughs) joe can give you recommendations you know but joe is a skinny guy i am not a skinny guy i'm fit fat there's a difference you know i'm fit fat yeah fit fat is not a skinny guy you 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 like food you like like more than most skinny people there's one pack here my friend just fat guy uh well i got a cooler all right so (laughs) Take the fat guy suggestions on the food. If you're in Austin, go to Terry Black's. It's worth the wait. It's amazing. Uh, there absolutely you go. Great. So that part was show. great. Uh, Texas losing to Kansas at home <clears> for the first time <throat> ever. Not so much fun, especially when I made the trip there and then had to drive back home that same night. Three hours from Austin in the pitch black dark was not fun. So, um, you know, but it was fun to see my friends, fun to see the atmosphere and all that stuff. Not so much fun to lose. But well, yeah. <clears throat> before we get into the the likes and the leans for week 12, besides Texas being bad, what else did you learn for week 11? Mm, you know, it wasn't all bad because Oklahoma got exposed. I didn't think Baylor was going to be the team to do it uh, coming off their loss to TCU, but they were clearly overlooking Oklahoma. I didn't uh, overlooking TCU to get to Oklahoma. Mm -hmm. I didn't think that they were going to beat Oklahoma straight up, but you know, Caleb Williams looked bad. He also got his hand stepped on. Spencer Rattler doesn't inspire much confidence right now. So uh, it was about right. And the CFP poll that had him at eight the whole time, even though they were undefeated undefeated seems to be just about right. So I was happy to see that. And on the flip side, uh, Ohio state, you know, Purdue big game hunters, Eh, not against Ohio State. Wasn't going to happen. Ohio State absolutely dominated that game. I actually got to see that one before I went in to watch the Texas game this week. So uh, that was impressive to see. Ohio State looks like they're clicking on all cylinders right now. All right, well, let's kick things off here with the likes, and let's start here with Louisville, 19.5-point favorites uh, at Duke. 16.5 is the number. Now, this game is Thursday night. Duke is on a six-game losing streak. And uh, look, they've uh, been getting blown out here in these games. So uh, 19 and a half, is that actually too small of a number? I know (laughs) that's a weird thing to say when we're approaching 20, but some of these numbers are thrown out there when you're looking at the Duke losses almost look like this could be an easy one for Louisville here. I mean, I think it could easily be a low number, right? Because like you said, the last four in a row that uh, Duke has lost, 31, 25, 38, and 48. Now Louisville 
they're not having a great year either, Joe. I mean, uh, they're five and five in record and against the spread, but they have a significant mismatch here, in my opinion, against Duke in the rushing game. They're 26th in the nation, uh, running 200.8 yards per game. Uh, and Duke is 107th at stopping the run, allowing 198 yards per game. So Duke's offense has, uh, it, it's been good rushing. They've been led by Mateo Durant, who is 10th, the, the 10th leading rusher in the nation right now. Um, they're 37th in the country in rushing yards at 197 yards per game. But the one good thing Louisville does on defense is stop the run. They're 41st, only allowing 133 and a half yards per game. So I think this is a mismatch game. I think there's another one where Duke gets beat down. So I'm going to take Louisville and lay the points here. All right, let's move on to the next one here. Number seven, Michigan State at number four, Ohio State. Ohio State, this is the number it seems like this week. 19 point favorites, 66 and a half is the over under. So your thoughts on Michigan State here in this battle of two teams in the top 10. Obviously, Ohio State, you know, uh, is up there and right now looking at the college playoffs. Is there any chance right. that your Michigan State can uh, cover this number? I don't think so. And I think this is another mismatch game. And you don't really have to talk too much about this one, even, you know, because Michigan State is dead last in the country. Number seven ranked team, 130th in the country against the pass. And Ohio State is sixth in the country in passing offense. So you just see that type of a mismatch. You see what Garrett Wilson did last week. Chris Olave is a stud. Jackson Smith and Jigba is a, one of the best route runners in the country for Ohio State. Um, I just think that that mismatch is going to uh, mean Ohio State wins this one walking away. So I've got Ohio State, and I will also lay the points in this game. All right, let's move on to the next one here on the slate. Number 13, Wake Forest at Clemson. Now, Clemson's four-and-a-half-point favorites in this contest, despite the fact that Wake Forest is the ranked team a little battle of offense versus defense here. And I guess the question is, can the uh, Clemson uh, defense here uh, do enough here to basically stop the 13th ranked Wake Forest team? I think they can. Now, Clemson is, uh, like you said, offense versus defense show. Uh, Clemson has the third best scoring defense in the country. Wake Forest has the second best scoring offense. 28th against the pass for Wake Forest. 14th best passing offense. Uh, for for Wake Forest, 17th uh, against the the pass here. I, I just think that uh, in Clemson's game, Clemson always seems to control the pace of the game. They've held a couple of good offenses to low points. Uh, Wake Forest has been held to no less than 35 points this year, but no one has scored more than 27 against Clemson. So what breaks? I think it's the Wake Forest offense. I think Clemson's defense is really, really good. And I think they're going to win this game by the four and a half. And the last three weeks in a row, they put up at least 30 points. Some bad teams they played, but they've gotten able to practice their offense and make it better. So uh, in my opinion, I think Clemson's going to take this game. Now, I can't believe we're going to do Notre Dame this early in the show. Oh, hold so. on, Joe. Hold on. Oh, okay. Because I picked Notre Dame uh, minus the points and against uh -huh. the spread in my article and nailed them both. There so we go. Before you We've go turned the corner. Before it you only go took 11 now, weeks. It was Brendan Armstrong sat in that game, so Virginia had nothing on <laughs> offense. So it was kind of cherry-picking. But, hey, if you played it, you won money. That's all that hey, matters, right? Exactly. Money's green any way you make it. doesn't matter. That's right. That's right. So number six, Notre Dame, 17-point favorites here at home against Georgia Tech. So, Bogman, can you keep the streak alive two weeks in a row? 
I think so. Georgia Tech is definitely, they're on the right track. You know, they're one of the worst teams in the country, but they are getting better. Uh, they are still three and seven in record and only four and six against the spread. But Notre Dame is humming right now. Uh, they thumped the Brennan Armstrongless Virginia Cavaliers last week. They pounded an improving Navy team the week before. So basically, if you're a team that is improving, but you're not quite there, Notre Dame's going to expose you. And I think that's exactly what's going to happen in this game. I think Notre Dame exposes Georgia Tech, and they are clicking on all cylinders at the absolute right time here. And and you know what else happens here is as Notre Dame continues to look good and win games, people start to think that they're better than they are, and then they'll play some team that is far better than them in a bowl game, and they'll get shellacked in that game. And then we all go back to square one again. Just remember I said it, because that's where it's going. SMU at fifth-ranked Cincinnati. Cincinnati 11.5-point favorites in this contest. 65 is the over-under. Your thoughts on Cincinnati here uh, in this contest against SMU? Well, they didn't cover against USF. Mm -hmm. It was bad. They almost lost to Tulsa. They beat Navy by a touchdown as four touchdown favorites. It really seems to me like the pressure is mounting for Cincinnati, and it's starting mm-hmm. to get to them. SMU stomped UCF last week, but lost the previous two games to Memphis and Houston. Uh, but this is another good offense versus defense matchup. SMU having the sixth highest scoring offense in the country against Cincy's sixth best scoring defense in the country. But um, both of these teams uh, have been great, but SMU, had uh, they've had their lumps. And they're going to be playing with a nothing-to-lose attitude here. And since he has just been tight for weeks, I'm going to take SMU on the money line. And I think this will finally put to bed uh, Cincy for a playoff consideration. They're standing at fifth right now. I know the AP, they're still very high. But I just don't think that this is going to be the year that a G5 team makes it. And this is your one chance. (laughs) Since he's your one shot. And they got to beat SMU to do it. But... Uh, they have been playing just a little too tight for me to like them here. So I'll take SMU on the money line straight up. Is it the pressure box or is this team maybe just not as good as their fifth rank? I really think it's the pressure because I think they're good. I I think that, um, you know, you've talked about Desmond Ritter being one of the best quarterbacks in the country. You, You know, he's a stud for sure but he hasn't been playing his best football. No, he hasn't. Um, and that's, that's what's been concerning me because you see the talent there. But right, right and, now, it's it's been a struggle these last few weeks. And Navy, you know, we just talked about how Navy got thumped by Notre Dame. And Notre Dame lost to Cincy. They're, they're not as good of a team as, as Cincy is. So uh, I just think that the pressure is really mounting on these guys. And I just think at some week somewhere here, whether it's here or in the AAC Championship, it's going to be... Um, they're, they're going to take a loss. And I think this is the week to do it. All right, let's go to the battle of California here. UCLA three point favorites at USC 65 and a half is the number. So walk me through this one. Uh, who do you like? I like the Bruins here. UCLA has been better than advertised, but they still can't seem to go toe to toe with those top pack 12 teams. They have losses to Oregon, Utah, and Arizona state. But the problem here is that USC they're not one of the top Pac-12 teams anymore. Mm-hmm. They're just not. Uh, they might be better on offense now that Slovis is hurt, and they're going to go with the freshman Jackson Dart uh, in his first start. But the problem is the defense for USC. UCLA is going to run it with Charbonnet and Brown and are averaging over 200 yards a game. USC is 82nd against the run. In USC's five losses, they are giving up over 200 yards on average, including uh, Oregon State ran for like 332 yards on them. So I'm going to take UCLA on the road. I'm going to lay the points. Should be a fun Pac-12 game to watch, but 
I got the Bruins in this one fairly easy. I know that, you know, I'm old enough to know at least that college football can be cyclical, right? In terms of oh, where, you know, where we're at and, and which conferences, you know, and it's been the it's been the SEC for quite some time. Is there any world with the right coach that USC can recruit and become a power again in college football? Because USC historically always was. And I know, you know, the last decade and a half, it's been, you know, the SEC basically. But can you see kind of get back on track at all in the next few years, you think? Yes, absolutely. And I think, you know, both these jobs, USC and Texas, ever since they played in the national title game, you know, uh, these teams (laughs) have moved in the wrong direction here. I was going to say they haven't been the same since. Right. And and really what it is, is it's about, you're always going to have the recruits. I mean, Texas is always top 10 in recruiting. So is USC, right? It's getting those players to gel and play together. Mm -hmm. And, you know, these kids, they start getting, uh, you know, more and more exposure to being the man earlier and earlier. So, you know, they want to do uh, a little bit less hard work and they're not working as hard as those other kids. And, you know, this is what happens. I think to sound like a complete old man about it. I think that it's just, you know, it's why I don't personally like meeting athletes that much is that, Mm -hmm. you know, a lot of them have big heads. They've been told they're the man ever since they were in high school. And they start to buy it. So you're still just a guy. High school, you know? how about 12 years old? More sure. Likely. You're mm-hmm. still just a guy, regardless of how much money or fame and all that stuff. You're just a dude. So uh, not me. You know. I'm special. My mom told me. See, so. there you go. So, and uh, ev- every one of my friends and all my hanger honors and my coaches and everyone <laughs> I've been around in my life. So I need a good entourage. Yeah. I, just, I feel like I, that, that's the one thing I'm missing in life. Well, you need one that brings that humbles you. You need an entourage Uh, that humbles you. So, uh, that that I've got, and I didn't realize it. Boy, (laughs) oh boy, there's enough humble pie going around here. Let's go on to the next one here. South Carolina's at home hosting 17th ranked Auburn. Auburn's seven and a half point favorites in this one. 44 and a half is the number. So, Auburn should win this one handily, right? I mean, the line shouldn't be this close, but Bo Nix, who had just gotten a firm grip on this quarterback (laughs) job at Auburn again, is going out for the season with ankle yeah. surgery. So, uh, you know, I don't know back, if that's a negative, man. I, I, I know, you know look, I, I understand what you're saying, but really don't. Bo Nix had finally looked like that number one overall quarterback the last couple weeks. Right. And now they have to go back to TJ Finley. Who's, you know, a reject from LSU, uh, playing at Auburn now, but here's the thing though, South Carolina is pretty miserable and yes, they did beat Florida, but Florida has been playing just about as bad as anyone in the country recently. I don't know if you saw uh, their game against Samford this weekend, but Samford had 35 points on them at halftime, and they had to score 60-whatever to beat Samford. It was just pathetic. Florida is a train wreck right now. But the opponents uh, in South Carolina's other four wins outside of the Florida win have a combined record of 14-26. and 26. So I think Auburn, even without their quarterback, can find a way to beat the Gamecocks by a little more than a touchdown. That's all you're asking here. The only good thing South Carolina does is stop the pass anyway. And now, you know, you're going to run it a lot because you don't have a good passer. So I think it fits the narrative for Auburn beating down South Carolina. I think they run it down their throat. So I'm going to take the Tigers and lay the points here. All right. Last of the likes here. We have 10th ranked Oklahoma State. Uh, the number is 10 and a half here on their end at Texas Tech. 56 and a half is the over under. So uh, your thoughts here on number 10, Oklahoma State. Can they win this one in a romp over Texas Tech or will Texas Tech be competitive in this one? I don't think they're going to be competitive. OK State is eight and two. 
uh, against the spread nine and one on the season. They're a good team. I'm not quite sure why this line is as low as 10 and a half points, I guess, because it's a road game. I was going to say it's got to be because it's a road game. That's the only thing I can possibly and, imagine. And Texas Tech just won a big game, right? So uh, they just played a great game against Iowa State and beat them after their head coach was fired and all that stuff. But uh, Texas Tech can score with anyone, but their defense is horrible. They're 111th <laughs> in scoring. They've allowed 35 points or more in six games so far this season. Uh, the the most points OK State has allowed this season is 24. So give me the Cowboys and I'll lay the points. I think this one's going to be in my article for sure. I don't know why the public is so far in on Texas Tech. The majority of the cash when I looked uh, late last night was Texas Tech. So I just I don't understand what's happening there. <laughs> all right. Well, those are all the likes. So let's switch gears now to the leans, maybe a little less confident, but certainly ones that we can approach. And let's start with Iowa State at 12th ranked Oklahoma. Oklahoma's four point favorites in this contest. 60 and a half is the over under. So um, I know this one is is tight here. You would imagine it's, you know, Oklahoma at home ranked team four points. But is there a little bit more that meets the eye here in this one? Yeah, you know, I, I we were talking about this game on CFP Winning Edge with my guys Nick and Xavier, and Xavier made a good point of, look, this is the last gasp for Iowa State, right? They have all these seniors coming back. They've obviously been disappointing. Uh, they've had four losses so far this year. But uh, in Oklahoma, had their bump. They lost to Baylor. So, uh, you know, they're, they're now ranked 12 and all that stuff. Uh, but I think this really is going to come down to uh, Caleb Williams, uh, he had his hand stepped on, and it clearly affected him in the second half. He left for a drive. Spencer Rattler came in. He couldn't do anything against Baylor. And Oklahoma might have got a little bit blueprinted against Baylor here. So I'm content to just watch this game. Gun <laughs> in my head, I take Oklahoma. I think they're the more talented <clears throat> team. Right. And I think, um, you know, if Caleb Williams' hand is okay, they're going to be fine. But I just I don't think I'd really want to mess with this game. Now, the next one here is Alabama, obviously ranked second in the nation. They are 21-point favorites. Uh, they'll be taking on 25th-ranked Arkansas in this game. The over-under is 58. So take me through this because I, I know that you know Alabama is still ranked number two. They're not quite as dominant of an Alabama team as we're used to in the last few years. It feels like a little bit of a transition year, some greener kids who are going to get their experience. And you know they did have a tough loss a couple weeks ago. But the number's 21 here. Is there any chance that Arkansas can fight and cover this 21? We all expect Alabama to win, but I guess the question is, three touchdowns is a lot. Yeah, that's really the thing here for me is uh, Bama, they haven't been that unstoppable team that they have been in the last couple of years. They're 6-4 and four against the spread. And outside of the loss at Texas A&M, they've also played close games against Florida and LSU, who are not fantastic this year, specifically Florida, although that was earlier in the year. And um, my, my thing, you know, Arkansas is not the little brother in the SEC anymore. They're sixth ranked in the country in rushing and have a strong defense. So they can play some games tight here, but they seem to play up or down two teams. I mean, against Ole Miss, they lost that game, what was it, 52 to 51. So over 100 points scored in that game. But uh, my, my favorite uh, part about writing these little synopsis up was I said, I've written this sentence three times because I keep flip-flopping on who to pick <laughs> gun to my head. I'm going to take Bama, you know, uh, right. And lay the points here, but I don't like it. So there's just no way I'm going to lay my 
hard-earned dollars on this game, I'm content to just sit and see how this one. Well, then what about uh, the 58 box? And then what, would you take the over then on the 58? Yeah, I would take the over on the 58 for sure. So That to me yeah. seems like a better play than the 21. It is. It definitely is better on the 21. But I mean, if you're going to take the 21, you might as well take the 58, right? Because mm. you're if Bama's winning by 21, you're already almost there. So right. unless it's 21 zip, which I can't imagine it, it, it is. So. Or even, you know, I mean, but also the, the same could be said if you think it's going to be competitive, maybe if you think Arkansas is in it, it's probably not going to be like a defensive struggle necessary kind of yeah. game. You know, like, well, you, you it know, could be they, like if they've Arkansas- got a score with Alabama, I guess is what I'm saying. Like, I, I don't I don't right. know if, you know, as much as you want to you know, talk about Arkansas defensively being a good team that. They can you know, control the pace, but like even in Alabama's loss, they control pace. So, right, exactly. You know, I, I I understand what you're saying. So yeah, I think the over is the better. Yeah, the 58 sure. seems like the best of all the leans there. What about Nebraska at 18th ranked Wisconsin? Wisconsin is eight and a half point favorites in this one. The over under is just 42. I mean, Nebraska has played up to pretty much everyone after that embarrassing loss to Illinois uh, to start the season, but the schedule has been brutal. They have losses to Oklahoma and Minnesota by seven, Michigan state, Michigan by three, Purdue by five and Ohio state by nine. So not getting beat by double digits by any of those teams is fairly impressive for a three and seven Nebraska team. Um, but they're coming off a bye week. Wisconsin stumbled out the gate with losses to Penn State, Notre Dame, and Michigan in three of their first four games. Uh, but they've won six straight behind some good defense and a great running game. I just have no trust in their quarterback, Graham Mertz. He is mm. uh, he is just brutal to watch play quarterback. And it's so weird. You know, he came in, he started his first game in Wisconsin, threw five touchdowns, and everyone was like, whoa, maybe Wisconsin has something now. Because Wisconsin is like, they're they're like the Vikings have been for the last <laughs> 25 years. They're a quarterback away from mm-hmm. winning a natty, right? They have a great defense. They always have a good running game, but the quarterback's been rough. So um, Graham Mertz ain't the guy to make it happen. So uh, I think, I, you know, I'm going to take Nebraska and lay the points, even though the three and seven and Wisconsin on this six game win streak, maybe it'll look foolish, but they have an extra week of rest. They have two weeks to prep for Wisconsin. I don't trust what they're doing on offense in Wisconsin right now. So I'll take the Huskers. All right. Now you got to walk me through this last one because this makes no sense to me. Third ranked Oregon on the road at 24th ranked Utah. Utah favored by three. The number is 59. You got you got to walk me through because I have no idea how to look at this game here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I'm going to be able to give you much extra here, Joe. Well, I mean, how does a third ranked team on the road three point dogs? Well, it's because Utah has been playing good. Utah's getting the majority of the money in this game, which, like I said, is confusing me, but uh, they've won three in a row, but they also dropped three to Oregon State, San Diego State, and BYU. Right. Oregon did have that embarrassing loss to Stanford earlier this year, uh, but they've also uh, hung on to win every other game. So if it's a close game, they win it, right? Uh, unless it's that Stanford overtime loss. So um, they, they had some close calls against UCLA and Cal but they've come through and they're still in the CFP rankings. Number three, Mm -hmm. like you said, Utah played close against Arizona last week and they could be without their top running back, Tavian Thomas, who missed last week too. So I'm going to take Oregon uh, and put this one in the leans because they play games so close. So there's no way I would pick Utah in this game. I would not lay the points and take Utah even at home, but Mm -hmm. 
Oregon does not inspire me because they play up or down almost every single week. And I think that's what people are seeing. It's almost like uh, the Cincinnati stuff that I talked about before. I think Cincinnati just flat, straight up loses this week. I think they've right. been playing too tight. SMU is too good of a team to get caught in uh, against, so I think they lose. I think people are thinking that same thing with Oregon, but Oregon is experienced in these close games. And, uh, you know, I like the run game that they have now with Diane Cardwell. So uh, I'm going to take the Ducks here, and you get points for the number three team just because they're on the road. I'll, I'll take it, but I don't love it because, you know, I mean, just something. Anthony Brown <laughs> doesn't ex- inspire too mm, much confidence. Something goes wrong in a game that tight, and they straight up lose it and maybe buy a touchdown. So uh, I'm content to sit and watch this game. Uh, but I, I'd say I, I, I like the under 59. Now, I'll take the under because both these teams uh, go by the run. Well, you all shouldn't be content just sitting and watching. You should go and make some wagers and make sure when you do, you use bettingpros.com and, of course, the Betting Pros app as well to make sure you get in there and know exactly what's happening. Bogman's piece will be out uh, for you to read to get all your updates on everything going on in the world of college football this week. And in these weeks ahead, we got the uh, the conference championship games ahead of us in the next few weeks. we got bowl season coming yeah. up. We're going to have a lot of fun here on the betting pro show when it comes to college football. Make sure you you follow him on the Twitter machine at Bogman Sports as well. He needs more Twitter followers. That's what I think. That's right. He says no, I say yes, so I win because I have a microphone and you have to listen to every <laughs> word I say. That's right. Uh, but uh, Bogman, great stuff as always. I want this Notre Dame streak to stay alive again mm. for a second week in a row. Baby, it feels good. Let's do it. So everybody enjoy your college football this week. And, of course, we'll be back again next week to do it all again. That'll do it for us. But the story of the game goes on. For Scott Bogman, I'm Joey P. We'll see you next time, kids. 